Hello, this is Jason Gillern. If you dig what you're hearing, please go to irishcomic.com and hit that donate button. Thank you. Okay, Stevens. <laughs> I feel like we've already done a podcast and we haven't even, I just hit record and I wish I had the last 45 fucking minutes of us talking about what we cannot talk well, we, about this on this you fucking and i had podcast. catching up to do right because i haven't seen you no well, that in a was while. the first half hour i already excluded that i'm talking about the last 45 when we're talking about divorce and the people should know it's still table setting <laughs> it's still all just it's all connected well, that's getting, true getting comfortable you know one of the reasons i told you I, I wanted to do this podcast when you called and asked me about it was because we've been friends now for over 20 years it's in, 20 in la plus, i mean over 20, 20 years. plus years and um, it all started here in Poinsettia, and I wanted to kind of commemorate our friendship a little bit. And it's uh, too bad this podcast is going to end it. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how you edit it. <laughs> no, like I told you, for those listening, Stevens is adamant about what we can and cannot talk about. So I will, uh, of course, of course, fucking honor that, and I will edit anything out to the point where. You are the only one of my guests who has, um, you know, you're, I'm your guest in your fucking house. Like, That's but, right. Don't forget that. Right. And a beautiful fucking house. But the only, the only person I've interviewed so far who has notes prepared, which I fucking love about you, and I have my own set of notes, which, Stevens, this is a really nice fucking printer, by the way, and you have your own set of notes. So I will... Say whatever you want to say. Ultimately, we want to fucking help people with this. Yeah, that's the, that's the goal here, right? The goal ultimately is we want to talk about divorce and relationships yes. in a way that'll help people that are potentially going through this. I assume that's yes. been the purpose of the podcast. It has yeah. been the purpose of the podcast, minus a few other laughs and parties. But yeah. we will, of course, have laughs. You're the one of the funniest fucking guys in the world. Like you know, there's no doubt about it. You're not a comic. You've been a Hollywood executive. You've sold the network, all that bullshit. You could have easily done stand-up comedy. You are smart enough not to have ever, <laughs> ever fucking entered that realm, that market, that world. So you're so. That leads me to listen to you in this podcast because you are so structured, and you can actually help me help other people together. Yeah, let's just give it a shot to do it this way. Right. And you see if you like it. You might, you might say never again. No, 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 no. But, I but think you, you know, hopefully but the I listeners want... will appreciate. Yes. And, and so when you're getting back to, to where we met and everything here at the park, you know, uh, we were all, you were pretty new to L.A. I was pretty new to L.A. I got here, I got here December 94, okay. mid-December yeah. 94. So I got here in July uh-huh. and, and, and really around the same time. Uh, so we probably met at some point, you know, early in 95. And now it's 2018. And now it's 2018. The interesting thing, you know, about this park, by the way, is back then you could come out on a Saturday or Sunday and there would just be uh, softball and baseball on those fields. The softball and baseball fields made sense. Now it's entirely soccer, which you really? probably would like more. No shit. I think, you know, it doesn't work for me. But what do you mean soccer? Like pickup games or like? Well, both that and leagues. You know. Holy shit! Um, Is there? I didn't know there was enough room for a fucking. They they well they've ripped the field up so oh, much shit. now they have that. to close it, uh, three months of the year to, to reseed it 
that never happened before because the cleats, the soccer cleats just rip it up. But um, now you hate soccer even more. Now I hate soccer even more. <laughs> it's true. But but uh, you know we met back then, and I I knew which you were you were already uh, pursuing your career as a comedian, um, and uh, I was already uh, pursuing my career as an executive in um, uh, in television. Can you say what I mean, fucking I, network? Well, at the time I think I had, I had already been uh, uh, hired at Showtime. Uh huh. Right. Spent you know eight or nine years there, and. Uh, um, we, you know, we'd hang out on the weekends at this park, you and I uh, and Harris for a bit. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I probably came to some of your gigs back then, I suppose. And, and uh, you, well, you came to my work never. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, let me tell you, I, you know, as the years go by, like I appreciate and we'll be friends forever. I appreciate you. You're one of my all time favorite people. Well, the, the, one of the amazing things about it, too, is that obviously we've met a lot of other people in the interim here, and I had a lot of other friends and so on. It's amazing to me that you and I are still friends Why? over 20 <laughs> years. We, we don't uh-huh. honestly see each other as uh-huh. much as we probably could because you don't live in the same neighborhood. But having lived here for so long and, and, and had so many people kind of come in and go in my, my life, I do really appreciate that you still – reach out to me and connect with me and want to, you know, check in every now and then, see what's going on, have talks, send me, you know, uh, funny uh, text messages every, every now and then. And we keep, and vice con- and versa. We keep connected. Yeah. And vice versa and keep, keep connected. So, uh, you know, thank you for that. And, and for, you know, not just moving on to other, I, I other, don't know. other I, people and other I, friends in LA. That's interesting. I guess people maybe do do that. I think maybe, We've both been guilty of that, but I think we have a natural connection, not even so much that we showed up in LA the first time, but I I just think that's how the universe works. That's kind of magic, whatever. And I love anybody that makes me fucking laugh. I've been like that for as long as I can remember. Like if someone really cracks me up, is really smart, really funny, like I'm their biggest fan. So I love the fact that you've always done that. And I love the fact that you're so fucking smart on top of it. And the also thing I've loved about you always, you said New York City, but you are from Philly. And we've always talked about the birds. And I've had some special people in my life, as I mentioned to you, all from Philadelphia. And anyone who I've ever met from Philadelphia, I really fucking love. And you're like the godfather of that. Since I met, Since we met 20 fucking years ago, plus... Like, there's been other comics. In fact, I just met uh, Rob Mancini. He's a new buddy of mine. He's, he's a reality show dude, uh, producer. And what a fucking great, great dude. And Chris Johnston, who's a comic, one of the fucking greatest, funniest fucking cats ever. Eleanor's Are you going to list all your Philly friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's something I mean, to listen, it. I, there's I think something the thing, fucking to it I about Philly. I think the Philly. thing is that, that it is interesting to me that Unlike some of the other people you've had on this podcast and, and other people. Because uh, you, you have, know. this is interesting too. Not only have you notes for your, for your own podcast, but you have listened to all these podcasts. So you can surmise what I've done wrong, <laughs> what I need to fucking improve on, which I appreciate. Listen, I've been in television for a reason. <laughs> um, anyway, what I was going to say though is that we have different, we've had different career paths since we met. Um, you know, uh, we, we don't cross paths in our in our professional lives, although we're both 
in, we've been in the entertainment industry, the media business, uh, our, our careers out here. Um, we've made different choices with our relationships. I mean, you, um, shortly after we met, you know, you met Jess, and I remember when you met her, and I remember you know ta- you talking about dating her. Well, it was and- mi- it was mid two thousand. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, mid nineteen ninety five. Yeah, like I met her fucking probably six months right, in- probably right after we met. At some uh-huh. point, you said you started dating her. What a trip! And and uh, I had already I had moved out here for a woman uh, for a relationship, so I already had a girlfriend at that point. Um, I and, totally and, and, forgot and I, about and that. And I was you know at that point that that was where we maybe had a little bit more in common relationship wise, but then. You know, very quickly thereafter, you ended up making that relationship a very serious thing. You got married, and ninety-seven, uh, um, and, 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 and then from there, you know, our our lives really differed from a relationship standpoint because I didn't end up getting married then for probably um, another uh, uh, seven or eight years from from when you got married. So you know, I was still I was still you know living a different life, and then. You've had kids. I never had kids. But wait a second. That's not the same. This th- you broke up with that girl, right? That was a different relationship. But I'm just saying that our our lives have been. We haven't really had a, that sort of common ground. But I think in terms that's of pretty either. fucking normal for friends too, especially in a big city, especially the people that don't fucking work together. I mean, shit. I have friends. You know, I have a thousand friends, but you don't see each other all the time unless you're working together. So it's natural. Well, but you have a lot of a lot of your friends are are people that you perform with, or right? That that's you work what I'm with. saying. You, you'll see them in that setting, right? You know, we never saw each other in a work setting. We didn't see each other because we our kids went to the same school or we lived in the same neighborhood, right? And then, you know, I uh, I don't smoke weed. So I'm not going to run into you in those And I don't either, either on this podcast anymore. You've inspired me. I think the last well, two or three podcasts I've straightened up. I don't even see that on your notes here. Well, but I just... it, yeah, I, I think everybody should know <laughs> that, that, you know, one of the things about this podcast that, that's different is that there isn't, you know, weed uh, here a in the room. Plume and, uh, yeah, a plume of smoke. Not, not yet anyway. We're right down the road from MedMen. And, and, and yeah, we're, we're probably around some of your favorite spots here in West Hollywood for sure. And you've never smoked pot? I have, but it's not. I, I'm not a, an aficionado like you are. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, uh, my dog is on, on weed. Actually, that's I had, I had that a, snack I just I gave you. I had to get a um, uh, a weed card for my dog. You're not bullshitting. No, I didn't even know you had to do it. But I went into uh, uh, what was the story you said? Um, MedMen. I went into MedMen. They let me in somehow without seeing my card, and uh, I went to get some, some uh, um, medication for my dog, who you met, that has the shakes. You know, he's old. And somebody had told me that, you know, you might want to get him some medical marijuana from some canine cannabis. That will help the shakes. I'll give it a shot. It's cheaper than, you know, having a weekly massage for the dog, right? So, <laughs> which people in L.A. do. So I go into the store, and, and uh, they're very nice. They help me uh, find the section where the, the, that canine cannabis is. And I go to uh, pay for it, and uh, the guy's like, well, uh, where's your card? I said, you know, no, I don't need a card. It's for my dog. He's like, no, where's your card? Brother, (laughs) this isn't for me. It says canine cannabis. It's for my dog. You know, uh, how much is it? Right. And they would not sell me the product unless I had a card. So then I had to go get a card. And, of course, (laughs) anybody living in L.A. knows that, you know, 
all you need for a card is go down to Venice Beach, know how to use a pencil, right? And you know, you have get 40 online bucks now. In, you don't have to go to fucking Venice. You go online, wherever. You know, you have, you 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 spend forty bucks and you're you're out in five minutes. I, they send me to a place on Melrose with the one doctor in L.A. that wants to do a real fucking exam. <laughs> right. Shirt off on the you whole nine yards. for your dog. Well, I didn't go in and tell him it was for my dog. Oh, I see. Right, I thought right. you had to go in and pretend it's for yourself. Right. Now, maybe I, that was my mistake. You had to mistake. take your fucking shirt off at the weed doctor? Absolutely. They, <laughs> the woman, I, 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 really thought, I really thought I was going to get fingers up the butt, too. It was a dude? It was a woman. Oh, okay. It was a that's big woman. Oh. And uh, it, so it, was a really, it was really offensive, the whole thing. Um, and, uh, I hope your dog appreciates that you got sexually assaulted for a fucking... I know, I know. So anyway, uh, we that's, don't have to do that anymore, That's though. classic L.A. shit. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I mean, no, a week, a week ago, bro, it's all, yeah. uh, it's all legal. So anyway, no, no, no weed uh, talk. That's the only weed talk we're going to have on this podcast. Beautiful. I know a lot of your other podcasts have had a lot of really helpful and interesting okay, information. Okay, so let's, let's pick up where we left off then. So you broke up with the other chick who I forgot you were even dating. And tell me when you met... Your ex-wife, which I got to meet, a pretty lady, very cool lady. Yeah. Well, let, let's let me. Which go, apparently we can't talk about. <laughs> no. Let me let me let me go back. Let me go back. So you know, I, I do want to talk about the relationships, you know, today, and and um, give you a little bit of sense of how I got to where I, you know, where I was in these relationships. Because if you don't know that, okay, then this is good. So really... you're helping people by telling them. About the relationships you got in before you met your wife, or well, I, I think you need to know sort of where I came from to know how I got to that marriage, right? Okay, please. Um, you know, I was a child of divorce. My parents got uh, divorced when I was uh, maybe four, right? And this was in the seventies, when early seventies, when it was I, shameful. Th- th- almost. There no. weren't other. I grew up in, in inner city Philadelphia, as you kind of you kind of mentioned, um, and. There were, even then, there weren't a lot of other kids that were divorced. I, I went to public school my whole life. I was one of the only kids for many years, you know, until my teens, that had divorced parents to the point where back at some, at some levels, you know, you'd have kids come over to your house for the first time, and they're almost shocked that you don't have a daddy there, you know, um, whereas that wouldn't be the case, obviously, uh, today. The polar opposite. Right, they'd be shocked if you had a daddy, <laughs> and 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 so you know, um, my my dad was kind of uh, the Don Draper um, <laughs> of 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 the '60s and '70s in Philadelphia. He was in advertising. Uh, my mom was kind of the second wife, um, almost like the a second wife. What do my, you mean? My, my mom was like Don Draper's second wife. She was the city wife, you know. Um, he, and Don Draper is Don Ma- Draper from Mad, Mad Men. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and so Don Draper has an initial wife that he, when the series opens, that's in the suburbs. She he has a couple of kids with her and, you know, he's working in the city in advertising, ultimately ends up meeting a woman through the, has through a work, second family has leaves his first wife to get kind of a hip new wife in the city. No way. That wow. was my dad. You know, he had an earlier marriage where he lived in the suburbs and, you know, uh, did sort of the the standard thing for the, the the late fifties, and then you know by the mid sixties, you know he was in the city more and was advertising was popping. He was doing a lot of stuff, and you know met my mom, and you know and then and, and then, never did get divorced. Oh, of course he got divorced. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. But but uh, I see, um, I see. Interesting. Yeah. And so after after that marriage, you know, because they they got split when I was four, um, he then uh, had another 
relationship that lasted a number of years with um, a, a woman who was different than my mom, very you know pretty, very uh, smart, but also very complicated. She had a problem uh, with alcohol. Eventually, she had a bit of a mean streak, you know, and. Watching that was the relationship I got to see growing up. Uh, so, what age group are you here? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm what probably age? you know at this point like s- s- maybe starts when I'm around six, uh-huh. and went right through my high school. You I know, see. so that my mom never got was remarried. she mean to you, the stepmom. She was very. She didn't have kids with my dad, so we, my sister and I, were almost intrusive in her I see. in her relationship I see. with my dad. Selfish, and, a selfish woman overall. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I wouldn't ascribe that to her, but the the point, she had the, the point is not that, being that there. she was she was very uh, complicated. She had some very you know loving, nice sides to her. She was had a lot of talent in in uh, certain you know things she did professionally, but she also had this other side you know that was that was kind of mean and nasty and angry. And I would see how my dad you know had to deal with this and. Uh, that ultimately, you know, shapes how you see re- relationships, yes. you know? So far, this is, doesn't seem too uncommon from many people's stories who are our age. You're telling me this because does this, do you think all of this, seeing this affected you uh, and your relationships, including your marriage that, didn't work out or no? No, it, it absolutely is part of every, you know, the build toward every relationship. So how so? How because, so? Because um, what ended up happening with the relationship that brought me out here, in fact, to California, um, I, I ended up um, having relationships with women that were pretty different from me, that weren't where, where we weren't, I wasn't dating my twin. You know, you hear that a lot. People, some people, you know, will date their, their twin. Uh-huh. They're looking for somebody who likes all the same stuff they like, uh-huh. that has similar personality, <laughs> similar temperament. Uh-huh. You I, know, I don't see how that could work. I don't see how that could work, but, you know. A lot, a lot of people uh, prefer that. You know, really a lot of people find themselves doing that. Uh, I, I would consider myself to be a people person. And I've always been in, in the kinds of roles where I'm able to... Um, show that side of myself, you know, career-wise and so on. And the woman that I was with when I came out here was not a people person. She was very, she felt very uncomfortable in social situations. You know, you can put me in front of a room. I don't perform like you do, but you can put me in front of a room. I've been in front of rooms many times for my, my, my business, and I'm perfectly fine talking to people, and I, and I, I enjoy it. Um, deathly afraid okay. of it. She would be deathly afraid of it. So, you so know. So, Stevens, so my question then is, because I don't hear that particular situation, but I've heard situations where that's, pro- that's a problem. Either what from the past that you were talking about would make you get into a relationship with a person like that, and I know there are, there are other things that you love about her, obviously, or why in general, if it has nothing to do with your past, would you get into a relationship with a person like that who is not, not like you at all? Well, so that's a good question, and that was a question that I had to ask myself when you broke up. I was ready to break up, right? right? I had to figure out, I'm a smart guy. Why would I do this? How did I do this? Why did I make this Any conclusions? Yeah, and so the conclusion is that 
at the time was as the child of divorce, and this is why I told you about that, you know, I was the oldest kid, my younger sister, but I was essentially the mediator between two warring parents. Uh-huh. And then when my dad remarried this other woman who was very uh, volatile, I would be the mediator there too, you know, uh-huh. trying to smooth out bad feelings between adults. So that gave me a sense of value that I could do that with other with adults and that um, that you shouldn't I, have to fucking you, you do. You shouldn't have to be in a relationship where you do that. Right. But no, I mean it, a kid doing adult and a kid, like that. Absolutely not. First but and that's, foremost, a lot of times parents who get divorced yes. don't understand they're putting their kids in. Uh, it's one not of their uncommon kids in that what spot. you're saying yeah. at all. So listen, I, I mean, being a, being a mediator, learning how to be a mediator, had benefits for me in my career. It, it, it allowed me to be pretty good in uh, a selling a selling position in any job that I needed to do sales. You know, that's a mediation kind of a, of a role. Um, and, and uh, you know, made it possible to be friends with lots of very different kinds of people. But in a relationship, it also led me to, to try and, and, and uh, find situations with women who needed help. Yeah. And, 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 who, <laughs> and who I thought, you know, right. I could mediate their life a little bit. Right. You know? But the only um, difference it's, it's, is that... You were in the relationship this time instead of being a third party. Well, but what I was doing was essentially mediating the problem bet- that the, this woman had with her life. You know, so her life or was attempting this, to do so. Attempting to do it. Right. And you probably have you some successes. But ultimately, right. ultimately, do you think that's fucking possible? It wasn't for me. You know, I'm not going to say it's not possible for other people, and, and I'm sure we all know people who are in that spot and they're managing to make uh, a thousand a percent. Work. But 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 I don't think it's possible. I, I I think it's possible maybe to stay together, but not have a full, healthy, normal, real relationship without that rearing its ugly head. I don't think you can save anybody. I really don't. And I think people that try get kicked in the ass in the end what i've seen so far and i hope that's not fully the case always because there's good intentions there and no one would deserve that but good luck one of the few things that we had in common at that point when you started dating jess and i started and i was with her you know jess was um in uh uh, probably already a vegan or vegetarian she worked i think she worked at a restaurant that was a a vegan restaurant or something right uh she Um, didn't work in a vegan restaurant she was a vegan since And and you know, I I had never heard any of that stuff living in New York. Now it's fucking huge, bro. Nobody nobody I knew in New York Uh did that shit. Uh And then I get out to LA and I'm with this woman who's basically living that kind of a life. I don't think she would call herself a vegan at the time, but you know she was macrobiotic or Uh you know some Uh something that I still to this day don't really (laughs) understand. Um, God bless her. But but uh, you know when you told me about Uh Jess, I was like. Son of a bitch, there's another guy who's stuck in this, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, how are you dealing with this? Because I don't think I'm dealing with it very well. You know, at the time, I was, uh, everything I brought home and put in the fridge was scrutinized like it, it's not healthy, you know? And uh, after a while, it was just easier to go shop at the health food store with her than to, to fight over what product I was going to bring in the so house. That's not so bad. But but but, I, but, I, but then you know like you know I'd come home I I know coming home from work that she was making something for dinner that I wasn't gonna like with, <laughs> you know with brown rice and a bunch of beans and stuff that you know right. was gonna make me not not happy 
So I would stop at the fast food place, uh-huh. and I was the guy like sitting in my car up the street from my apartment, you know, <laughs> eating a, a cheeseburger and 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 drinking a soda as fast as I could, so that I could still get home in time. That's a problem, you know. That's a problem. Of course, it's a problem. But that was, you know, why I was looking for you to give me some advice <laughs> at the time on how to do it better. Well, here's the advice. No, no. Here's the advice I would have told you because I don't remember you ever asking me. You, you're saying that facetiously, obviously. You never asked me. I would say, bring the fucking food home, eat it, throw it away. It's your fucking house because you're hiding this basic staple of. That's right. So that's a problem. It's a problem. So I want to know, you meet your wife. Yeah. So when I, when I met her, um, it was probably only the second time that when I saw somebody, a woman. Attractive. I was immediately, I was immediately sort of hooked. You know, it was just um, some crazy you know, now, instant, instant kind of connection. Did you meet your wife on? No, I didn't. I, I met her um, actually... Uh, um, you know, funny story. I I was coming out of dinner on Melrose and uh, walking by a uh, um, a gym of some sort, and there were pictures in the window, headshots of their trainers, and uh, I saw her picture and I and 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 I was just taken by it. And the person I, was, I think it was with my sister at the time, she said, "Well, look, you should, you know, this is a, a cool thing. Why don't you go in and get yourself a trainer, and you know, maybe you get her as a trainer." Um, and, and I didn't do that, but I went in later, you know, months later and decided to get a trainer and I figured, well, I'll go to that gym, not to get her as a trainer, but just to, um, be in that gym and and maybe I'd meet her, you know, and just Uh organically. uh And that's ultimately what happened, you know? So, um, you know, I, I think our first date, um, she wanted to go for a, she agreed to go for a hike with me at Running Canyon. And uh, she said, "Classic, uh, yeah, classic LA." LA. Date, right? So, and I and I live in this neighborhood, not very far from Running Canyon. I mean, you could almost people walk from here to Running Canyon. But she asked me, you know, do you? She said I was going to go. I'm going to go for a hike at Running Canyon on Saturday. You know, you can join me if you want. And I, of course, you know, sure, I'd love to join you. You know, that's that's going to be great. I go with her all the time. This is first date. First date was me basically saying I'll join her on a hike. Did she know had, this was a date type of thing, or uh, I think she did. Uh-huh. Yeah, she knew it was a date, but it wasn't. It was very casual. Right. It was a very okay. casual. A kind trainer's of date. Thing. I get it. I had no idea where fucking Running Canyon was, dude. <laughs> and uh, I'd never been there. Never uh-huh. heard of it. Hilarious. You know, I just wanted to to, to do anything that yeah. she wanted She'd to do. She'd say, "Hey, we're going to hell this week." And, and go, yeah, I'm fuck in. Yeah, I'm in. You know, <laughs> but but uh, then. I had to start asking around about where it was, you know, and I come to find out she had said, meet me by the entrance. I find out there's two entrances to running Canyon, Uh-oh. as people know. Well, there's actually more, I think, because you can enter it at the top. There's two entrances at the bottom. I never asked her which entrance because I had no idea what it was. And uh, so I end up at running Canyon, walking all over the place, trying to find her, first of all. Uh, but we had a great date and it was kind of off to the races from there. You know, we it was one of those things where we had a, a really great courtship and, you know, we saw each other almost every day for several months. And, Incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I, had, I took that courtship really slow because not, – not slow in that we didn't see each other, but, you know, we, I didn't push the intimacy with her initially because right before I started dating her, I had heard a lecture somewhere, and they had said that, especially for men, 
maybe and maybe you've heard people say this in different ways that men don't value intimacy if they don't have to earn it. You know, if they if if it's given away too quickly, if it's too easy, you know, yeah. then you you know you don't earn it. You don't feel like you've earned it. There's a little guilt in that, and you're more likely to to move on. You know, you're more likely to to not respect. I don't the person. know the reasons. You're breaking down the reasons for this. Psych- psychologically or whatever that it may be. I believe that's true. I don't know the reasons why, but I believe that what you're yeah. saying thousand percent. And, 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 uh, and women should know that women should know that because I think, you know, there's this tendency to say, well, I don't want to lose the guy. So I'm going to sleep with them, you know, more quickly. The, the reverse is actually more true. You know, if a guy has to work to get to the point where you're going to sleep with them, He's going to value that connection much more than if and in that have, yes. because he knows you had to get to know him yeah. in order for you to say it was okay for the two yeah. of you to connect in that way. Whereas you know, especially now with all this short-term dating that's going on, you know, people give it away so quickly, right? And then they wonder why the person doesn't think they're all that right. worthwhile. Because I think that once again, I don't know the reasons, but I think if you don't have sex with your future partner, your future wife, your future husband immediately in that time, you're getting to know a person. And in that short amount of time, if you do have sex with that person, things change after sex. That's right. No matter what, it's going to change because you've now had sex with that person. So if you're not, don't know that person well enough to survive that change, maybe it makes it difficult. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think that happens. You you don't really understand what's gonna ha- what that person's gonna be like after set the first Post you know come yeah and and <laughs> if you don't know the person well enough right. at that point they throw something your way that seems a little out of left field right. you're out you're out of there man or woman man or woman you're yeah. out of there because you don't really you know at that point there's you know you kind of you kind of can chalk it up to well right. I got the I got the quick thrill right and I'll move on to somebody else you know. Right. Which is fine for men and women to do that, and that happens a lot all as long over the as, world. As long as you know that going in, that's what you're both doing. Exactly. Unfortunately, in, in most cases, only one person knows that's what they're doing, uh-huh. right? The other uh-huh. person thinks they're actually building something that could last. Maybe, you know? maybe or maybe not. But if one, at least one person does do that, it sucks because it's going to lead to maybe pain, ultimately, and yeah. something not the ideal that was in their head. Okay, well, I, so for you and your... So, so you know, we, we, we actually took that very slow. And it also gave me time to really evaluate the relationship and figure out if I was repeating some patterns that I was trying to be conscious of not repeating, you know. One of the things that makes that's relevant with respect to that when you start, start looking at the, the later on stuff of why it didn't work out or, or, or you know, um, who to blame if it didn't work out. Listen, I knew who she was when we got married. I knew the, the good stuff and the bad stuff already. Uh-huh. You know, the, 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 some of the stuff that became challenging wasn't so much a surprise to me. What was a surprise to me was that as the mediator guy, I couldn't fix it, you know, because I was still driven back to that nature of, Interesting. you know, can I, can I help this person with this, that, or the other thing, you know? And so she, uh, um, and she got to know, who I was. Well, let me ask you this. So you knew there was issues there probably on both sides as every relationship has. 
and ultimately you couldn't fix, we're not going to get into what needed to be fixed or worked with, but did she change at all? And did that problem manifest itself in different ways or become worse that was not able to be dealt with? Or how does that change when it's manageable and everything is on the table to, wow, this is now a problem? Well, I don't think it ever, it's, it's not that there, there were problems that I deemed, you know, manageable that became worse. Um, there, you know, we were very different. Uh, you know, she wasn't my twin. She was somebody like, as I mentioned earlier, that I tended to be attracted to somebody very different. She was um, uh, born and raised in, in uh, Soviet Russia, uh, had moved to L.A. around the same time I had moved to L.A. Um, in 94, and, um, and, and had only been in L.A. at that point, you know, six, seven years like I had. But she'd only been in this country six, seven years, you mm-hmm. know. So very, you know, very different experiences. And, and it was interesting even when I got together with her to think that at the point, you know, you and I were kids, it would have been inconceivable to think that either one of us would end up, you know, falling in love with a woman from the Soviet Union. Right. Because, you <laughs> know, ducking, you couldn't even you couldn't go visit there, right? You couldn't <laughs> right. even, you, you, there was, it was like a... You were afraid they were going to kill you. Well, I don't but, think... I, did you grow up thinking... I, don't, oh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't grow up new, thinking that, that the, the well, Soviets no, were going to kill us. The Cold War? Are you kidding me? In the fucking 80s? Didn't you dro- drop under no, your table? No, never, never Really? Did. In Philly? You did, that, you <laughs> yeah. did that in San Francisco schools? Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, like, like the th- no. threat of nuclear war. Philly no. didn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, we weren't scared of that. <laughs> we were just scared of the Philly Well, cops. you better be scared of it fucking now because... <laughs> we were scared of Frank Rizzo. But... but uh, we we uh, we simply didn't know people. We didn't we didn't know anybody from there, you uh-huh. know. Um, and uh, so it was it was really interesting to me just that that the world could have changed so much in our lifetime uh-huh. that now it was possible not only to meet somebody like that, but to think that we could actually you know bring our lives together. Right. Um, what What's great about being married? You know, we don't. We don't talk about that a lot when you're talking about divorce, but obviously, you know, there were a lot of things that marriage brings to your life that are fantastic. If it wasn't so great, you know, for people that get divorced, you wouldn't have so much pain when you get divorced, you know? Can you say that again? Repeat that? If it wasn't so, if marriage Uh didn't give you so much joy, you know, you wouldn't have so much hurt when when it ended, you know? Right. One of the things that I appreciated most about that that really was um, surprising maybe is the satisfaction that I got out of 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 coming up with some sort of uh, compromise when you get to the point where you start to realize the value in that in that compromise it 's a really powerful i think it 's a really powerful thing to value about that other person. This is more like a marriage podcast than a fucking divorce podcast. <laughs> Wait, don't you end up divorced here? <laughs> or what, what number is this on your fucking well, list? Well, I, I, think, I, <laughs> we think it's Im- I think it's important. Yeah, you want to keep... You still, on this podcast, you want to help people. You're still helping I still, people. I still think people need to feel the value. Even in a podcast about ending a relationship. Right. W- you need to know that the, you know it may be a time to think about what you're really getting from the the relationship itself, and that's the kind of thing that when you find out the other person wants a divorce, 
you're going to have to start really connecting with that because you're going to have to have some honest conversations about do what is what we have valuable enough that we don't want to lose it and break it. Yeah, and, but and hold it. on. You're saying if someone says that to you, then you're saying, do we want to do this? It's like they've well, already thought this out, obviously. Right? Not obviously. Not obviously. I mean, sometimes div- I want a divorce is just a phrase that's a cry for help. It's just saying, See, I'm not happy with you right now. I'm frustrated with you right now. Something is broken. Okay, I don't know how to handle it. Help me handle it. Okay, interesting. So we disagree on this, and I, I don't agree with what you said right there. I don't even agree with what I'm going to tell you because I know it's maybe a fault of mine. Okay. But it's my contention that if someone says that, you can have a million fights, right? You can have fights in a relationship. But if someone gets to the point where they're like, I want a divorce, whether it's a cry for help or not, it's like, you got it. Bye-bye. Because See, I, I, because that's, that's I would really never... Imma- yeah, I that's would, a really immature way to, to, to look at a, a relationship to, to me. I mean, I think that is you being emotionally upset. I know it's Your wrong. Your ego is damaged <laughs> by, uh-huh. by, that, by those words, right. by using the word divorce. And I get it. You know, ego is a big part of this. This is why... When you know, but you how can you tell podcasts, that to someone that you love if you know that would hurt them? Because you're hurting. Because you, at that moment, you are hurting and you need help. Okay, so that's what happened, kind of, in your relationship. Yeah, that's what happened in mine. I've seen it happen in others, and it happens in others. But it wasn't. It wasn't salvaged. So maybe, maybe, and I'm probably wrong again because I'm wrong yeah. about most shit. If you had have handled that in a separate way or a different way, a diametrically opposed way to the way you handled it, not not saying, not using my my point of view, but a different way, maybe it could have lasted or no. What what happened is, and we'll get into it a, a little bit more detail um, later, but that I treated that request or that talk of divorce. As a therapy session. No, as a as um, uh, a chance to then have that discussion about where are we really at with this relationship? Is this really what you want? Let's just, let's look at what, what's really happening here. And, you know, in some cases, it may mean that you really are going to get divorced. But in other cases, it might mean, look, let's go to couples therapy. Let's, you know, I don't even know if you guys go to couples therapy, but if, let's say, hypothetically, you and Jess have never been to couples therapy. We okay. have not been a couple. Okay, you've never been couples therapy. If she were to say to you tomorrow, "I want a divorce," I would recommend to you as your friend go have couples therapy for a while because okay, so, you need a place to talk about stuff that you're not talking about right now. You may not really want a divorce. You've been together twenty years, but perhaps you you know you're going to get to a point where you're realizing your lives are just too different. They've been different for too long, okay, but and you're going to need to get a divorce. But you may not find that. You may find her issue is that you're just too, you've just grown too uh, distant from her, and you don't give time to, to hear how she's feeling about things, or you don't give time to right. spend with her, just you and her. And those are things you could easily fix if you knew that was the problem. Right, but how can you not know that that's the problem 
a year, two, five years before that conversation because where they drop that. Because people don't talk about stuff. Okay. You don't talk about everything with Jess that you probably should talk about. I don't even need to be in your marriage to know that because you get into a rhythm with this other person. I've been there. And your life starts working the way it works. And, you know, it. It's there's not a good time in the day. You don't have a schedule in your day well, I think that says this is when we're going to talk about an uncomfortable subject. That but I'm, what is the uncomfortable subject, and why is that uncomfortable subject only rearing itself later on? This should this shit should be talked about years ago before you really get into a relationship, a serious one, before you get fucking married. Is my is what is what I'm saying? But you, so there's you're, no you're not, you're not Understanding human nature. I mean, people don't just. Not you know most people don't blurt out every difficult feeling they're having when well, they're Stevens, having it. That's why I told you. And I'm sure I'm sure that you know you guys as a couple, we the, fought, we fought, you, we have you fights. Don't, you don't you don't when you have a fight, it's probably because stuff is built up and then it explodes out. Well, I think that's normal. That's normal. That's how it goes because people don't right. say stuff when it's you know maybe when it's happening at the moment they let it build for a while and. If you just extrapolate that out, but that's why I told people you people will let stuff build until they're so angry they're going to get they're going to well, say I just want a divorce again. What I mentioned to you before, I think the re- we're talking about me now. So the reason we've lasted is we are like meant for each other and are happy together. My point is, people who are not really meant to be together more shit happens to get them divorced. And I could be wrong again, but I don't think those people should have been married in the first fucking place. And that's what I've guarded against by not getting into a relationship. Like I told you, I wouldn't have been married because I'm very good at seeing what's, that's going to be a fucking train wreck in two years, five years, 10 years. I'm very perceptive about that. I want nothing to but you do have with no, that. But you have no experience testing that theory. You, you married the first person you had a serious relationship yeah, but with. Why These was are it, all just ideas on. in your head. Why was it the first person that I was in a serious relationship with? That's, that really is answered by you looking back hard at your own background and saying, why I mean, I don't give myself do a lot of credit for much of anything. Yeah. Relationship-wise, I think Jess is amazing. I guess I should, but I do give myself credit for that. I know... That I wanted to be with her. She wanted to be with me. The fact that she loved me and still loves me, and I think I've said this on this podcast, I respected that so much. Loved her. Respected that so much. I was like, you have a fucking clue. You know what's good. You know what a good person is. You're a great mother. Going to be a great mother. The way she treated animals and shit. It was a no-brainer. But even the way you're saying that, you're talking about the fact, the thing that you love most about her is that she loves you. Yes, yes. But but really... No, and I did say that I loved her as well because it goes both ways. It has to. You have... If if you you can love somebody, if they don't love you back, you can't make them fucking love you or you can for a finite amount of time. It's just not right. So that's what I can bring to this podcast. It's like people, for me get into relationships for the wrong fucking reasons or they look by shit initially and they go, oh, I can solve that or whatever. And it doesn't seem seem to fucking work. I won't well, say that well, here's, 100% here's, here's of anything. Here's what I think. You know, I, I think when you get into a relationship with somebody like you have... By the way, Jess marriage, loves you and come over and see her. <laughs> when, when you get into a relationship, there becomes a, a, a chemistry between the two people that... 
you know, is the relationship. It is the, it, it is sort of your marriage or your, your, you know, uh, your relationship if you don't get married. And that, uh, that has its own life, its own personality, you know, that you have to, you have to take care of. And some people, some, some relationships like this, um, they may not need to be as, as, um, uh, aware of watering it on a regular basis, of caring for it on a regular basis, because there's a natural chemistry there that allows it to to thrive. Right. Because Well that's what I'm talking and, about. And that may be what you guys have, right? Yes. But but it's also I think it's it's just very important. Well and let I, me and ask you rec- this. Did you have that with your ex wife? We didn't have the, ours was not that easy because again, we were very different kinds of people from very different backgrounds. It needed more care and attention. It needed a more regular. Well, do you understand what attention. I'm saying too? Given that I'm probably wrong. Well, I think to you're trying to manufacture something that's not there initially. Marriage, relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, anything. Yes, but your concept difficult. of what 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 you mean by something there that can be a whole range of things. It whatever it was for you and Jess, uh-huh. it would be different for me and whoever. You know that that feeling of what's there. Okay, what you thought was there was enough to get your relationship sparked and going. Right. And you and you fed it and made it made it happen, you know, at that from that point on. Right. What what I would say to people, even like you and, and other people that are that are married that are listening to this uh, or in relationships is don't don't forget to take care of the relationship. You know, thousand you can get you can get in a comfortable spot and um, you probably are in one now, you know, and been and, and may maybe have been in there for a number of years, and you don't, you know, it can last a long time, but you don't get a warning when it's starting to not last, when it's starting to end, and sometimes that warning is your partner comes to you and says something to you that's really gonna freak your shit out, and, and I've heard and, that happen, yes, and it happens to more men that I've known get blindsided That's for right. some reason. No, the reason is Why? because we don't like to talk about how we feel and women do. And you in a, in a, in a marriage, in a relationship, I, I would recommend to all guys that you give, you make sure there's time in that relationship, whether it's just across the dinner table or in front of a marriage counselor on a regular basis where you give her a chance to tell you what's on her mind, uh-huh, how she's important. feeling. Yeah. And, and, even if you don't act on any everything, you know, you need to let you need to understand that women will need to let you know how they're feeling, and they need to feel no that, doubt they about need it. to know that you hear them and no that doubt you're, about it. you're getting it. Thousand percent. So no doubt about it. You must be doing that in your relationship, yeah. or else it doesn't. Oh get no, this Jess long. will tell me. Yeah. how she's feeling. It's important, and she does. But let guys it build don't. Up too. You know, listen. I was in the relationship where, you know, you don't get to choose necessarily when that time is, and if it's during Sports Center. You know, or it's during a game, a Philly Eagles game or something. I, I may not want to hear it. You know, right. that's my problem. That's my fault. That's my problem, right? Right. She wants to tell me about it right then, and you know, if I let too many <laughs> of those moments go by where uh-huh. I say, "Listen, I'm watching a game," or "Listen, I'm you know making my lunch," or "Listen, I'm yeah. you know involved in this work," you're gonna eventually see that person explode on you, and it could be something like, "I need a divorce." Uh-huh. So. I think that's the part of the care and, and, and the attention. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt know? about it. You need – a relationship needs you, – you got to put other, the other person first all the time or the majority of the time. You just have to. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I think I'm about as selfish as it gets. Well, you got to be less selfish then. I mean, you got you to gotta work on that part of you to be – because, you know, you, you owe it to this other person yeah. who's being very selfless with you yeah. to kind of meet her halfway at least or some part of the way. You can't, uh-huh. you can't be – a relationship <laughs> can't go on forever with one yeah. person being the taker and one person being the giver. Yeah, but I don't think that's, that's – I'm not a saying gen- that's you Yeah, guys, that's a but, general – that's not yeah. really the case because I really do love and respect her. And we have – like I said, kids, like we're like a unit, like – all the way through together type of thing. Right. And I think that's important too. Yeah, I mean, when I be... talk to you uh, so much of the time, we don't get together because you're actively involved in doing stuff with the family. Right. You've got plans. Other other guys don't do what you do. So, I mean, I know right. that that you're putting in the time. You're you're making the effort to be an active, you know, participant in your marriage and in your family. And that, you know, that's I important. Let, let me let me ask here as you look at your notes. <laughs> we're off your fucking notes. I knew this would happen. <laughs> no, I knew it was going to happen. It's good. <laughs> so, so how did you get to this point where you're so level headed? You're like a marriage fucking counselor yourself. Listen to you. You're smart, level headed. Uh, not as obviously you were hurt at some point in time. How do you get to that point where you're so analytical of everything and being like, okay, this, 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 even when she says that maybe she wants, you want to split or whatever, you're automatically trying to keep it cool. How do you, is that just you or did you come yeah, to that I mean, place? That's just, that's just, I guess who I am. I, uh-huh. I, I don't, I don't, there's no, there's no specific exp- explanation for that. But, but uh, you know, it was, you know, one of the other things that you was... just gave your dog his weed pill. Yeah. <laughs> do you want one too? <laughs> let me roll it. Let do. me twist I, it I up. I know you want one of his weed crackers. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we were my, my uh, ex and I, uh, as I said, we're from different backgrounds, and you know, as, as challenging as marriage and relationships are, in and of themselves, and they know, are for yeah, sure. To have that multicultural. Um, uh, uh, factor involved as well was something I didn't think about enough. Yeah, you going just can't in. go up the coast to see the in-laws. You got to. Yeah, fucking... I mean, so her in-laws, her she didn't have any family in the United States. Her in-laws didn't uh, didn't speak English, and you know, one of the things that I realized um, as part of that. Um, that I think other people should be aware of. Most people would love that. The fucking well, you would think. You would, yeah, I mean, I was and I was the guy early on in the marriage bragging to all of my buddies that I had the best in-laws in the world because I didn't have to ever see them or talk to them. You know, but the problem is that they don't have any stake in your marriage. You know, the family needs to have a stake in your marriage to be helping you along and pulling for you. And see, I disagree. Working with that through too. that. I, I I'll tell you if you if you can do a marriage where you've got the fa- full family support behind you, or choose a marriage where you don't, you would never choose the marriage where the family's not. No, of course, not behind but you. but you're saying that you're not saying that they were against it or promoted. They just weren't in it. So I'm saying you can have you can deal with that, but you can deal with it. But the the thing is when when things start to when there's issues in a marriage, as there always are going to be, when there's issues. You, you won't have your your wife's or your your spouse's. I'm about to get your dog stoned, yeah. bro. <laughs> he um, loves him. <laughs> Good boy. 
when you when you uh, hit a point where there's trouble, you need to know that your 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 spouses are there. Fuck that. Your spouse's parents are not going to be waiting for that first sign of trouble to say, you know what, I hated that person. Get the heck out. You know, get out of there. Right. You you want to know that they're going to say, look, I know this is a bad week with you guys. Why don't you talk to them? Why don't you you know try and work this out? Really, I don't know. Yeah, man. I think you do. I mean, you may not. You may not in your personal situation well, have, here, have put to it deal this with way. that. Put it this way: if you want your in-laws or whoever in their family to save your fucking marriage, not save it, support it. Not not you know they're they're not they're in they're in this sort of bubble around your marriage, you know. And uh, believe me, you're gonna yeah. know it can be a, make, can make it more difficult. You're gonna know the family. You're gonna know the family shit pretty quick when you get divorced because. Right. The family begin. Each person's family circles the wagons around that person, and what a night! That just and, sounds and that, like a fucking nightmare. That, to that's me. that's that's just in, inevitable human nature. Yeah. So it's it's but that's really why one of the reasons Jess and I. I was like, we went. We got married in Vegas. I remember. I was like, you do? Yeah, because I, <laughs> I initially I thought maybe you know you'd invite- be one of the first people that would invite me to an LA wedding, and you're like, <laughs> you know, we we got married in Vegas, so my initial thought of that was it's never going to last. <laughs> that you know, I can't believe my buddy, you know, this this you know stone comic went to Vegas and got married to some girl he barely knows, you know. <laughs> well. I I didn't barely know her. We were together for two years, lived together pretty much straight no, away. So, but it's still, it is funny. I get it. I get why and people would think that. But it wasn't because part of it was like, I don't want to deal with family fucking bullshit. We don't need it. It's you and me and everybody else can join in fucking later. And I didn't want a whole big fucking nightmare thing. I just didn't want it, which is not probably not fair to Jess. No. In fact, we did. And that plan. was you. That was yes. your reality. You're imposing yes. that. Yes. And I'm aware of that. And which is probably not cool. So we actually plan to get married again and do it like 10 years later at like the end of the seventh ray on Topanga and all yeah. that shit. We just didn't get it together. And then maybe 20 that passed. So maybe 30 we do it fucking properly. But it works and it worked and it's working. Well, be- again, because it's not like you shut her family out of your marriage. No, and no, she's no. not shut your family out. Your your families are involved. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. your your dad and your mom, you know, you're, they you're, don't speak Russian. <laughs> no, uh, but they probably they probably have they a Jess. lot of uh, affection yeah. for Jess. Yeah, and vice versa, and that helps you. Yeah. That helps you. I guess so. I, I don't didn't know. Think I like couldn't that. tell you how my 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 ex in laws really felt about me because I could never ask them. Well, ask your wife. What'd she say? Well, she's going to tell me that they like me, but I don't know that that's really what they said. Well, everything, your wife told you that. Listen, though. everything I knew about them had to be translated for me. That's an entirely different situation than you've ever had to deal with with your in-laws. You can hear them tell you exactly what they think. So, so you only learned this, this small problem, obviously, after. You didn't Think of this. You before. don't think of that before, uh-huh, right? I get you it. You don't think of that before, yeah, yeah, right? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, those are just additional challenges to a relationship when you're dealing with somebody who's right. You know, uh, multi- so basically, you were like a lot of men, and some of the dudes I've already interviewed on this podcast, other friends, kind of blindsided, kind yeah. of like. So here's what happened the night that it. You know, I'll tell you that the story. That's a good good segue into right. the story of misery when, when I found out. <laughs> no, no, but you know when I found out. So. Right. One uh, one night I had uh, 
I had a fun night planned with um, some friends and some family members. Um, and it was like dinner, and we were going to go. I, I bought everybody tickets to go to UCB to see you know, Upright Citizens Brigade to see a comedy uh, 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 improv thing over there. That was and, your first mistake, but anyway, that's I, I know, I know. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you and I are totally aligned on that. God bless him. I love the, you know, I think the people that started you... <laughs> UCB, they're very talented people. The people that take the classes there, you know, I think it's, it's really admirable they're doing that. But, you know, those shows are rough. <laughs> those shows are, uh, are rough. You didn't get my advice on that either, but no. that's beside the point. So, but my, but my ex had gotten back at that point. Every year I would, I would send her for maybe a month to go see her family in Russia to reconnect with them. And, uh, you know, that was a challenge because... A month without your wife. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard to be, you know, by yourself for a month having to deal with everything. And, and uh, you know, you would get disconnected in a month's time. It's natural. Right. And so there was always a time, there was always a really kind of funky period when she'd come back. Yeah. Where I she'd miss it. her family because she just left her family and then right. she's very close to them. And where we, you know, we were trying to reconnect ourselves as a couple. Okay. Well, let me ask you this because I'm very interested in what you're telling me now. You did, you said that you did that year in, year out. Yeah. At some point, weren't you like, this is not working. I don't want you to go away for a month. Or no? No, because it, it really, it's important for her to have that time. You know, you're, going halfway, you're going halfway across the world. <laughs> right, I get it. I get so, it. I'm just saying if it's not you know, working, then it it's could, counterproductive and you, not healthy and not good for your relationship. Well, there's but. certain things like this where, you know, the situation may not be ideal. Right. And this happens in a lot of relationships where there's some outside issue, whether it's somebody gets a job offer, uh, where they've got to be on the road more. You know, but you've got to take the job because you need the money. You know, there are things that come up. It, you know, for for you and your friends who are on the road as comics, um, you want to do that as a career. Right. It, there's certain things in there. I get right? it. I get it. So okay. it was just something we had to deal with. Right. Anyway, it's a cool thing to do, obviously. So but. we we she had just gotten back maybe a week and a half before, and it was a particularly tough transition back. I could tell that she was having a rougher time in this in this return. Seemed kind of distant. You were seemed not a little distant, exactly, right. and so. Um, we go out to dinner, and uh, and at the table that night, um, we were at a, an Italian place in, in Los Feliz, and uh, she got angry at, at one of my friends who was there. And she never had done this before. She had never been, you know, vis- she was a very pleasant lady. She never got upset with people in, in public. And she got upset, and she went to the bathroom, and she came back, and I could tell she had been crying. And it's supposed to be a fun night. What and, a bummer, yeah. And, and, and so everything. I'm kind of torn because, you know, I, I, I'm a people person, as I mentioned. I want the whole table to be having fun. And I know that the most important person to me is not having fun. And what do you do? And I'm trying to now mediate this what a little conflict nightmare. between her and my buddy who's at the table. And it was difficult. I thought I kind of had smoothed it over. We took the drive over to UCB from, from the restaurant. And she was pissed and that she, she didn't, you didn't stick up for her? Um. I don't remember. She might have been. That's possible. But we, I thought we kind of had smoothed it out a little bit in the car. And we get to UCB, and there's a line, as shocking as it is. <laughs> you know, people line up for that shit, and you just want to drive by and go, go someplace else, right? But, but uh, anyway, you know, if you don't get there for an 8 o'clock show at like 6 o'clock, you know, Forget about the it. line is all the way around the block. It's a, it's a, it's a pain in the butt. Right. And... I, I only, go, only go there 
every so often, like when people from out of town come in, you want to find something for them to do that feels L.A. Right. right? So we get in the back of the line, and I knew that meant we were going to get kind of bad seats. What I didn't realize is that meant for this show, we were going to get the only – we got by the time we got in there, the only seats available were in the first two rows of seats on the stage. You know, they put seats, chairs on the sides of the stage. Right. I, I, I don't ever You're part like of the to show. sit in, in, in any kind of a, a comedy club You're or part of the show, show where I'm part of the show. Right. I didn't pay to be part of your show. When I go see you perform and I sit in the front row, I appreciate you yeah. not talking to me. Because and if you I'm say not, that, it ruins the show completely, and you're yeah. the fucking biggest asshole ever. Exactly. So I, <laughs> I don't want to be part of the show unless you're going to pay me. So we get in the first. We're sitting the first two rows, but we can't all sit in one row. So a bunch of people are in the row behind that I'm with my sister, my my uh, family members, my friend, and I'm sitting in the front row with my my wife at the time, and uh, the show is not good as we could all imagine. And my sister, who's very got a very short fuse with this stuff, <laughs> she leans up and she's like, uh, Can, "Let's get out of here. This this sucks." And I give her that look because it's only you only get like this little break between bits where they kind of lower the lights a little bit. That's when she kind of leans up and she's like, I, "I went out. What's bail?" And I give her this look like, you know, come on. I bought these tickets. We got some out of towners here. Can you just power through? I know. How, how long could this last? 75 minutes, right? Just suck it up. Take one for the team. Next thing I know, she's leaving with half the guests. She's, she doesn't want to hear it from me. She doesn't want Your to sister. hear My sister. She doesn't want to hear, okay. be patient for another half hour okay. on tickets I bought. You oh, know? Right. So, so how I'm, does this affect I'm, your I'm wife, pissed. though? Now the rest of the group feels pressure. Are we going to stay? Are we going to bail? Right. Next thing I know, when the lights go back down and they come back up, more of my group's gone. How does this horrible show, horrible decision-making by your sister, lead to your divorce? Make, I want to hear the connection. So anyway, it turns out I end up being the last guy there. <laughs> my wife left with somebody else. I'm the last dude, and there's now all these empty seats around me in the fucking front row of UCB watching like one of their class shows. You know? You're a target. And so, I, you know, so I finally get out of there, and I'm pissed, you know. Drive home with the wife, and she's still not doing well. And I'm like, you're not doing well. I just got left in, 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 in UCB in the front row by myself, <laughs> having to be the embarrassing last guy off that ship, you know. And so we're sitting in bed, and uh, I'm like, what is going on? What is wrong with you tonight? And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. Uh-oh. And as, a, as an experienced married guy, no, you don't take that for an answer. You know, you, wanna, you don't want to let this thing fester. So like an idiot, I press. And I'm like, well, tell me, you know, just tell me. It's probably 11.30, 11.45 at night. Now, the evening's not gone great. And she tells me, I want a divorce. And Those words. Yeah. And, uh, Holy I, shit. And, 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 it, and, you know, the bottom just sinks out. And... The out ego, of nowhere? The, the ego, well, out, not out of nowhere. That whole thing had happened. No, no, no. I just that's not, that, that's that process. not a reason why someone says, I want a fucking divorce. Well, you say, I want my fucking money no, back, no, maybe. No, 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 no. Listen, you're, 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 you're not. Obviously, this happens after, you know, we've been married a long time. I mean, right. this is not, you but know. My, my question to you there's initially no was, time. You're, you're kind of blindsided 
by well, this. Well, she's feeling these feelings uh-huh. without talking about I'm it. I'm pressing her now to tell me whatever it is she's feeling. Just there is no when you decide you want to tell your spouse you want a divorce, there is no good time to tell them. Right. Jason, you, right. You, you don't. You don't have that scheduled in your week. Right. So but whenever it happens, it's going to be a shitty time. I get it. It just happened time. to be that time. And I'll tell you why it was the most shitty. It was my birthday that night. No fucking way. That's Are the you punch kidding line. me? That was my fucking birthday. Are you fucking kidding no. me? Now, that was why we were out. That's why we had dinner. It was my birthday night. And ultimately, it ended with, I want a divorce. So but maybe it was by almost midnight. So it was maybe the day after your birthday. It was. It was almost. By time. Yeah. <laughs> still yeah. suck. I'm fucking with you. But, so, but my, uh, my question happy is: Happy birthday this, to me. Yeah, that's fucked up. I didn't, did not know that. That's fucked up, and I'm sorry that happened to you. So, but when she says that, it's a shock or whatever. But there was nothing leading up to that before she left the last six months or whatever. She just wasn't telling you this shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it was just that's fucked. No, up. it's not. Fu- it's normal. That's what, that's what I was trying to get at telling uh-huh. you earlier is things bottle up. Things bottle up. You may not know that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like I didn't know. Right. You men know, don't. Men don't know. So yeah. that's, why I, 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 that's why I made such an effort to make that point earlier. You, somebody will get blindsided because people sweep things under the rug until they explode. Not 100% of the time, though. People fight. They no, of course not one hundred percent of the time. But you have to, you know, it's like when you're playing football. They don't throw the deep bomb every play, but you still have to be prepared in case it's going to happen. Right. And so, what I'm recommending to people is, you still have to play defense for that play, even if it's not going to be run every day. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a birds fan. Hey, they're they're going to need that defense in the fucking playoffs coming up, bro. Oh, you're kidding. (laughs) Their defense fun. Their yeah. quarterback is you ain't, you ain't kidding. <laughs> but, um, okay, so but it's still blindsided. So, so it's blindsided. That's crazy. And and you know, um, look, lots of things got said that night. You know, uh-huh. we had a long conversation. I a conversation. That's a diplomatic probably way to fucking. say No, it was a conversation. Oh, okay. it was a conversation because you know, in my Dr. mind, Stevens. in my mind, I'm trying to figure out: does she really want a divorce? Right. Or is this a cry for help? You know, um, but but, you know, things come back in my mind, you know, the things that come back that still sat there all night was the words I want a divorce. And, you know, that she had said she didn't love me the way that she did when we first got married. Right. Now, in my mind, that's one of the things that's really the most fantastic about marriage is that the way you love somebody changes and evolves over time. Right. You know. Of course, you don't feel the same way for somebody uh, uh, six years in right. that you did the first night you had sex with them. Right. Of course you don't. Right. Nobody should expect that. You know, People who don't have any experience in relationships don't realize that. But those of us who do understand that the love you feel for somebody like just now right. is so much more fulfilling and more... Uh, gratifying and, and, and meaningful right. than it was when you guys went to Vegas. Right. And f- it's different. You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so. Right. And it, it evolves. So you want a person to evolve with you and that wasn't happening. Well, you, you want somebody who values her. you, you, you want somebody who values that change right. 
and isn't isn't thinking that you know this thing needs to be the same feeling throughout the marriage um, that understands you know the, the ebbs and flows of it. And I think she did. I think really what it was about was it, it, again it's sort of a, a sense of. I wasn't, there weren't certain needs that weren't getting met, you know, emotional needs that weren't getting met. And uh, um, she had every right to want to attend to those. You couldn't have been so cool, so calm, so collected at that point in time. How long did it take you to get to the logical place you are now? Is it possible for everyone to get there? Given that that's so much hurt, that's devastation, that's your life. How did you... Deal with that, and how are you the person you are now? Are you still dealing with that? Oh yeah, you know, you know, you still have to deal with it. It, it but I mean, it's just um, again, it wasn't my first breakup, right? Um, it was my first divorce, but it was my first breakup, right? So, um, you know, what I said to her that night was, "Let's give it a month." You know, uh, let's go talk to uh, a therapist. We had a, we already had a marriage counselor that we would go see occasionally. Let's Why go, though? Huh? Why? Why? Playing defense. Playing defense. Again, you want to make sure you have a time in the relationship where you have a schedule to talk about anything that might be difficult to talk about, and to have somebody else there in the room sometimes to guide you through that conversation. It's it's a helpful tool given to make the relationship that, better. Given that ultimately. It didn't work, and some of the things that you paid a therapist to extract out of both of you didn't ultimately show up. Do you think? Do you still believe in that, or do you think it's yeah? A waste because of- well, listen, it's it's only as, you only get as much out of that as you put into it. So, if you're going to go to see a therapist and not be honest and not you know be willing to talk about what's well, really I, in your I'm mind, I'm not saying that you weren't. Well, I'm no, sure no, I'm, you I'm, were. I, no, I'm saying we we probably both weren't. You uh-huh. know. I mean, I can tell you for sure that I didn't, you know, just like there's times in this podcast where I've said, you know, I I don't want to talk about something. Right. I'm sure I went to that as well and said, in my mind, I'm not going to talk about something that might be. Yeah, you're not paying me 250 bucks an hour. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, you paid me in fucking good beer. (laughs) I'll send you the bill later. (laughs) But, but. I, I think I think that you only get out of it what you put into it. Right. So you still do believe in that, and that's well. I think it's different for every couple. Right. Like, if, if as long as you're having those talks at home and you're doing it in a good way and you're doing it in a uh, you know regular and, and right. effective way, then fine, keep doing that. You know. Right. But if you don't, if what you're Watch experiencing out. is what I was, which was that you know, in the middle of an Eagles game, you know. Every few months of, uh, uh, or, you know, obviously not every few months if it's football season, but in that example. But if what I'm getting is some kind of outburst during an Eagles game that I need to talk to you right now, I'm angry right now. Right. That's a good sign that you're not making time to have those conversations with your partner. Right. And figure out a time. And so for us, the time was, you know, we'd go once a month and sit down in front of a professional and puts shit out Lie. on the table. <laughs> yeah. Not say. <laughs> and not, and not, not talk about the stuff. Pay for nothing. Really, yeah. Um, anyway, listen, you know, when, when you hear that somebody wants to get a divorce, you know, there's a lot of things that you feel, you know, there's, um, you feel a lot of powerlessness because you're not controlling that situation. That's, you know, that's going to hit you. Um, 
you feel like you, you know, there's, I felt like I failed at this, you know, right. I've been trying really hard. Right. I, I had this in therapy, you know, like I had made, I thought I had done things the right way and yet here we are, you know? Right. So that's really, really difficult to to feel like, you know, you're failing at something you want to be, you want to be pretty good at. You know, I, I wanted to be better at that than probably anything else in my life. But let me tell you something. As did she, by the way, it wasn't like a one-sided thing, you know? Right. But you feel failure, you feel powerless, powerlessness. And, and then, you know, just a really incredible sadness over that. Oh, you that's know, hor- it's horrible. Not, horrible. It's, it's really unlike a lot, a lot of other things. Other sadnesses. Other even. sadnesses in your life. Right. You know, um, it, it's it's a different sadness. I've lost a parent. It's a different sadness than that. Right. Um, Probably because it's a mix of a whole lot of things that you just said. Yes. But let me ask you this. So, I'm guessing that. There's nothing that you could have done differently, which is a scary thought in the scope of marriage and relationships, to salvage that or to save it. It's not true at all. Of course there's things I could have done. Really? Of course. I mean, that's part of the failure. The the fact that you know, you have to know that what you created together. Would she say the same thing? I don't don't know. she's, She's entitled to her own opinion. What I'm telling you is, and, and, and you know, you can look at any of the people you've talked to about divorce, and some of their cases, their situations were really screwed up. I, I mean, we, you know, they've had some really tough things from cheating to, uh, um, you know, various problems, various big problems. But they're just people, right? Those problems could have been potentially fixed if they knew about them in time, if they we're honest with each other. I mean, there are always things, you know, the two people who love each other could perhaps do to change an outcome. Now, um, is it realistic that we could have, that I could have done some other stuff to fix that at that point, given our specific issues? You know, it probably wasn't realistic. It, it, That's it, what I'm saying. It probably wasn't, it, but it was possible. It was possible. So that's You know also how depressed the, you would have been if you tried that pain. shit too and then... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really depressing. You know, that's part of the that's part of the pain is is knowing what's what's that's you said that's part of the pain. What's part of the pain? Part of the pain is is feeling like you could have done something different and you didn't. You know, you're not really sure what it is at that point. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. You you weren't sure what it, because it sounds to me just hearing it that you were sure made certain to do this that this that given the healer that you are, and then it still doesn't work out. So I'm saying to you, I could understand how you could feel like it is a failure, yeah, but, but, but I'm saying to you... Like, go learn. There's no, there's, no, there's no book on how to do this. You're, you're just making it up as you go along. Right. So my best guess as to how to make this relationship, this marriage, you know, this entity that was the two of us together work was ultimately not right. I still think that I could have that relationship with my ex could have worked. Um, I just didn't didn't deal with it entirely the right way, and she didn't deal with it entirely the right way. Um, but but uh, you know uh, that's sad that, to me. It's sad. It's it, but it happens. This is that's, right. that's oh, life. Oh no, no man. shit. It and, happens. And, and 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 you know you'll as you go talk to more people, you're going to find more cases of this. You know, 
it's our ego talking when you get in these discussions with the people and they want to tell you about all the bad bad stuff that their ex did and what which led to them of course wanting to leave and you're sitting across going yeah man you know you're a great guy I can't believe they did that to you you know she was so bad to do that to you listen that's 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 ego talking about just the things that that the other person did to them there's two sides to every story two sides to every story no doubt and if you know those guys were really going to be honest about it, they did plenty of shit too, and and uh, and, and this is not just a man podcast. Yeah, I have only even though I've only interviewed. Well, you'll, I'm Jews. saying you'll eventually talk to people, right. and find and find all these other other stories. But you don't think people's innate—I won't say innate damage because that's doesn't make sense. People's damage the damaged people they are for whatever issue they may have ultimately destroys a marriage, no matter what the other partner does? Not ultimately. I think it's always it's always the uh sort of the ghost in the room that's that's pulling at you. You know, your nature is pulling you in certain directions that may not be positive for the relationship. And, you know, it takes an adult person. This is why I think it's important as, you know, I go on to to new relationships and so on. To find other people who have a, a deeper understanding of what a relationship's like, so that they don't let that demon pull them away from a relationship because they don't understand what's going on. Like they need to, you know, they need to have enough of self awareness to know that you know there's that fear of commitment demon that's trying to get them to, you know, sabotage a relationship in some way. Right. You, you've already gone through that point in your relationship where you've lived through. The sabotage periods. Everybody goes through them where there's a certain point in a relationship where somebody's demons come up and try and fuck up the relationship, you know? And people that are more self-aware will catch it and go, I know I was a, a dick to you last night, but it's, this is why, you know, and I apologize. And, uh, well, you know, I wouldn't you, you call those it. demons. I would call that human nature, well, yeah, the human fine. condition, you want to call a normal it, but relationship. Yeah. I'm talking about deep-rooted Demons, capital D, like... Which is what? Like, what would be an example of that? Fucking molestation. Both parents divorced. Whatever. Whatever heavy-duty shit that really affects someone, that could possibly affect someone's relationships with other human beings. Well, we're talking about the same thing. I Uh mean, what I'm saying is, you you know, that demon may... may, um, you know, rise its head up as some form of like sabotage early in a relationship that you know doesn't scream, "Hey, I was raped" as a as a as a fourteen year old, but it may be, you know, I was after we had sex last night and I was a crying mess of a of a person and I said some nasty shit to you. I apologize for that. They're not going to necessarily say, "Look, that's my rape talking," you know, but you need to have, you, you know, that stuff's coming up. Okay, well... And that, that doesn't think... mean that person can't have a relationship. That doesn't mean that person isn't a person that you, okay, can, well, you can love and have a what relationship. What I'm saying is... You just have to be conscious of what the problems okay, are. Okay, well, I, I, I love that you have that hope, and I hope that you are right, and I'm sure that you are right, because probably there are millions of people who are like that. But I do know that the person... The, who has sex with a person who's been raped should be well aware of that information right up front 
and not have to deal with it ultimately what is five, right 10 years mean? down the line. When you start a relationship with someone. Look, Open not gonna, and you know, honest. No, you're no, not I gonna, disagree. You're not going to have somebody who, Why you know, not? tell Why not? you before you first have sex with them that they've been raped. How do you in, know? How do you know? Because every, it's happened to me. Every t- but it's happened to you. But every so time, so I know it doesn't. It doesn't always happen that somebody who's had that kind of trauma feels close enough to you at the point that you're first intimate with them that they're going to tell you all of their demons. Learn that's a you're problem, gonna, though. No, that's but a problem. This is this is how relationships unfold. I understand. They unfold they over do. time. You earn that intimacy. You earn that connection where somebody will tell you things that are deeper, more personal things. You. You're not going to get somebody. So do you to have to you get married? For, do you have to get married before those issues or those truths reveal themselves? No, you don't have to get married. But what I'm saying is that when those things are present and they're you know present in a lot of relationships, they the, are. They you know the person that has had to deal with those trials and tribulations in life needs a little bit of self consciousness to understand that. It's going to guide their behavior in a relationship in a way that may not always be productive. And they need to be open. They need to be communicative with their partner about what's going on so that it's not understood as something different. You know, So that's not to say that somebody needs to be upfront with you before you, know, you have sex with them that they've been raped. But a woman who's been raped as a child... If she has an episode after you've had sex with her while you're dating her and you're you know you're starting the relationship and it's obviously it's gotten to a point where you're intimate if she has some real emotional outburst of some sort after sex that she knows has weirded you out you know at that point yes I think you know there's an opportunity for her then to share a little bit of her life with you so you can appreciate where she's coming from I'm and talking about I agree with that. And then that. once that's once that's out, okay, then you can make she, it like a hot. She's yeah. <laughs> then, then you go into the fantasies. <laughs> then you can really run with it. Yeah. <laughs> but but then it's also still on. It's still her. It's still something that she needs to do saying. later on to say, if it continues to come up, she needs to identify it again and say, look, I'm sorry, I just went there again. I guess what I'm saying is, the more open people are initially when they first meet. This, that, the other, here's what I want, here's what's happened to me, this is everything about me, straight up, you're in, are you in, I'm in, I love you, you love me, that type of thing. It helps. It would, it would help. Yes. Honesty, would help. honesty and communication, that's been a theme of everything I've talked about today, right? So obviously I agree with you about that. The timing early. of it, the timing of it, I think... Um, I think you're being a little, a little bit unreasonable about. I think that unreasonable. Yeah, because I think unreasonable. I think, I think a person you don't, has a right. You don't open your life up to somebody on 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 one occasion. I think it's selfish not this to do is, that. No, this is why I recommend to people, especially younger people, that they get they they take their time with a relationship, getting to know somebody, because you know. Uh, you need to see people under all different kinds of circumstances to see how they behave. They need to see you when you're dating. They need to see you when you're sick. Right. They need to see you on days when you're angry. They need to see you on days when something happens in your family and you need their support. You need to see how they're going to behave on these things. Right. And you know, for all these folks who get married and, 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 and hooked up after two weeks, they, they're, just, they're just basically shortchanging 
all that information that's out there to get about this other person, and they're rolling the dice big time. That's not to say it can't ever work, no, well, but they're he, rolling the dice. Whether it works or not, they're going to get that fucking information. They're going to get it eventually, yeah. and, and they're going to have to deal with yeah. the results of that, right? So I just think the reasonable thing to, to under, expect is that things get revealed over time, and... And yes, then uh, you get and fucking openness. married if you want to then go do that. Right. Is what right. I'm saying. Yeah. You get you get married at that point. And hey, I wait, think, are we agreeing? I think, <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's what I that's why I waited, you know, three, four years to get married to this right. woman. I wanted to let that stuff unfold, you know. Right. So after you know, after the split, you know, what what kind of happens, you know? Um, after they move out. What number are we on? <laughs> <laughs> I saw you glancing at your fucking notes. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the things that's, I think, really difficult is that, you know, you're alone again. Right. And, um, you, and you're, you're alone al- in your And you're bed. alone. And like we said, things have changed so much in the dating scene. Well, and, I'm just talking specifically in your space, you know, whether it's an apartment or oh, a house. Right, 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 right. Or whatever. You, you're, you're alone. Melendez talked about that. Like, it's different. It's like a shock. It's a shock. Uh-huh. And that felt really weird to me. You know, uh, I mean, she had, I had had her leave for a month to go, you know, to visit her family. So I, I was used to that to some degree. And you know she's coming back. But, to, yeah, you know, it, it affected my sleeping. I didn't, I didn't get really a very good night's sleep. You know, I ended up, um, you know, uh, some nights taking like a Tylenol PM just to... You know, get a f- one good night's sleeping out of the week. You know, wow. um, it, that it, affects your health, which affects your health. Yeah, the home is quiet. Uh, yeah. uh, more often than not, I found myself leaving the television on, even though I wasn't watching it. What or a putting music bummer. on. What a bummer. You know, because you're just left in a world of silence to to be in your thoughts, and part of that is um, responsibilities that you used to share with that person. Now they're all in you. You know. For me, you know, I had it. Now I had to walk the dog every time, and get him high every time. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't on drugs then. <laughs> oh, the divorce fucked him think, up too. I think, I think the divorce <laughs> sent the dog shaking and on drugs. You know, um, but but also another thing people don't think about is you have to make new friends too because you're going to lose friends from the marriage. What you're like your wife's friends and all that. You're going to lose their friends. You know, you're going to split the friends. Yeah, it's, you're going to get some more friends, um, and some of your friends are not going to know how to deal with you. Wait, some of your thank you, brother. Some of your friends are not going to know how to deal with you because because why? I don't get it. When you get when you get divorced, people you you really get a chance to see um, who who's there for you and. You realize was I there for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta call me, bro. This is like the first time I've seen you since I got divorced. <laughs> no shit. I think so. For real? I mean, we've talked and yeah, texted. We've talked. No, but but I'm talking about people that are you know. No, you answer that in about a quarter of a second. Thanks. Um, but people people who uh, are are in your life um, as who friends, actually care about you <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, bro. <laughs> All right, right. You know, well, they, tell me why, because that's they, I've never heard that before. Well, I mean, think about it. Your married friends, um, 
So they, I wasn't they, even close enough to you to blow you off. Right. <laughs> you, you weren't even a regular part of my, of my world to, to blow me off. But, but, married, but well, married, fucked but, up. But, but married friends, you know, they, it can't help but possibly shake them to know that a couple that they thought were a good couple are now not a couple. And, and this happened a, a few times where I got the feeling like talking about it or being around married friends that knew me as a married person and thought, you know, we, we were a couple that everybody thought well, was a great couple, right. you know, uh, and, I, and I've heard that on some of your other podcasts where people say, you know, we were like a model couple, right? you know, that was you. It came as a surprise to our friends then that we were well, split. You were fucking shocked. Everybody if I was shocked. Exactly. Shocked. Exactly. Right. So that's rough. If then we're around these people, I'm around these people, and it, you can't you can't avoid knowing that it's going to get in their minds. If this could happen to him, what about my own marriage? You know, and it's you a little think uncomfortable. So? I think so. I think it's a little uncomfortable for other people who who maybe don't even have marriages that they think are all that stable oh. to now realize that they're talking you about to, to you about your divorce. And is that going to mean that, like, my spouse is now going to think about it a little bit more? You think so? I think so. I'm and, oblivious to her, so maybe that's people who are people who are single, they don't really understand it because they've never been, you know, they're not married. They haven't gone, most of them haven't gone through it. So in their minds, like, you're making a mountain out of a molehill, just get over it kind of a thing. Uh-huh. You know? And you don't want to be a burden. You don't want to be, be a burden. Right. And, and uh, your family you can't talk to because... They're going to take your side no matter what, and you, you don't know? want to hear that. And and that's not good because uh-huh. you know if if you're not looking to go to war with this other person, you know you don't need your family telling you to go to war, right? You want to. So who did you talk to? It was difficult. That wow. was the, that was a big problem. I mean, I I really had to hunt and peck for places where I could find somebody. Um, to I talk hadn't to started about this it. podcast yet, so and that's why I went to po- listen to podcasts. Right, uh-huh. gave me an opportunity to hear some people talk about it. Let me think about it, and and I and I, you know, look, it's a good time for personal growth and development for yourself uh, when this kind of traumatic experience happens. And uh, yes, it helps to talk about it with other people, but uh, if not, you know, you can certainly think about it a lot on your own and and really try and get some growth out of it, you know, um, which podcasts help. And that's why, you know, again, I wanted to talk about some of this stuff. Uh, honestly, cool. Um, you know, I had to, I had to go find new friends. And, and, and for me, a lot of it was, I always had a lot of female friends before I got married. Uh, I was raised around women, you know, my mom, my sister. So I've always gotten along well with women and I had to give up most of my female friends when I got married. Cause you just do that. Of course. You know, of course. Um, so I, I, even through dating, um, I met some women who I didn't necessarily want to be in a relationship with, but I've made really, really good friends with them, and they're still in my life. And, um, you know, they've been through a divorce situation too, most of them. And now all of a sudden, I've got people I can talk to who, you know, have some commonality with me, and, you know, uh, it helped. That that was a, a big thing, but it's a process. You don't get those day one, right. you know. Right. So there's a lot. That's where that aloneness feel comes from. I see. There's a lot of time before that happens where there's nights you want to call somebody you don't know who to call. Me, you fucking can call not, me. I don't want to bother you about Dude, it. Dude, well, give me a break. No. Give me a fucking break. Um, I didn't. I didn't even think about it. And I'm sorry. I wasn't more there for you, knowing that 
you were feeling that way. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, honestly, I think I'm sure a lot of people would have said the same thing. And it's more me feeling like right. I didn't want to put that burden which on is other common, people. Which is common. You for know? sure. So when you get divorced, you know, I just wanted to like kind of finish up here with some of the things that I would recommend cool. that I've learned other, you know, that other people might benefit Good way from. to close. Uh, so, again, I think that uh, sometimes saying I want a divorce is just a cry for help. Take the time to investigate it. Uh, it may mean say, no. It may mean that it, it is still a divorce. Well, let me ask you this. When you say a cry for help, a cry for help, what's the help? The help is I want to fix our, I, I'm not happy right now with our marriage. I don't know whether you, you're capable of getting to the point where I can be happy. So I think I'm just going to throw well, the talent. And, and what you would say at that point, I think, is give me a chance to, to find out what it is that's making you unhappy. Maybe I can, maybe I can make an adjustment. But if they, truthful, if they truthfully, if the other person truthfully felt that and wanted that, why wouldn't they just say that instead of using the terminology, I want a divorce? Well, I think in a lot of times, a lot of cases, they feel like they have said that. They feel like they have... Just not verbally. No, no, that they've told you that they're not happy. They've told you... That that they're um, they're disappointed in your behavior or something, and like guys, you know, we've ignored it right. or we've, you know, we thought right. we smoothed it over, but we didn't really deal with it. We just stopped it for that moment. I see. Right. We got them to shut up so we could go back to watching the game. Right. But you know, I think deep down, I knew a lot of times I wasn't really dealing with uh-huh. the heart of the problem. Maybe so. Um, give yourself time to see if there's some way you can get through it. And it may be that the, what they're asking of you is something you're not willing to give at that point. And yeah, you got to move on. You right. know, If they're saying, look, I want to move, uh, and if you don't want to move, I'm going to move without you, You know, maybe that's cut and dry. You know, But if they're saying things like... Russia's nice in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> I want to have, have more time just you and me going out on a date. You might you might be perfectly willing to do that, right? And that might make a big difference. Or I want to have more sex, right? That might be something you would be happy to do, right? But you've got issues about you know wanting them to be more involved with that, you know, or wanting them to to make more of an effort too, you know. So you'll have to talk that shit out, right? It can be salvaged. It can be salvaged. So I say you know give it time to sleep. You know give yourselves time to sleep on it. Don't run out the next day, file for divorce, get a lawyer, and start you know uh, throwing their shit out the window. Don't do that. So what I said That's, before is completely wrong. If you said that, you're completely wrong. Yeah. Um, and and maybe you need time to separate. Maybe you need time part to appreciate being together. You know, right. maybe the move is I'm going to go look for um, an Airbnb and I'm going to move away for uh, I'm going to rent it for the month and you know we're going to take time apart and then in in a month we're going to come back and, and talk this through. Right. You know because divorce is real shit. You know this is not. This is not saying that, you know, you want to get a new dining room table. This is, you right. know, real serious shit. Finality. Be sure that you really want that. Right. It's going to change your life in a profound way. One way or the other, divorce. Be mature enough to know that if you're making that choice, that's what you're getting. You're, getting a, you're going to get a profound change in your life. Do you really want that? People, places, routines... Yeah. Sleeping yeah. habits, everything. And we live in a world now where people feel like relationships are more disposable, obviously. That's what so online bad. dating is. So true. And 
And and again, you know, you got to resist the urge to dispose of this thing. Look for the marriage. bigger, better thing. I think that's what yeah. people do. And 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 that's one of the reasons why you know I I, I talked a little bit about the, the the dating stuff because I I think you know uh, I heard my buddies talk about online dating and some of them made it sound really fun. Um, you know, I see I, I've seen other guys have you know uh, good times doing doing short term dating. And when you're in a long-term marriage, you know, you live a very different kind of life. And sometimes it can look kind of appealing, you know, what these other guys live through. And, you know, I think it's it's fair to be honest, though, and tell people. It there's, sucks. <laughs> there's a lot of problems with it, right? Yeah, yeah. So what you have, make sure you really understand the profound changes that are going to happen for you. Right. In the rest of your life, if you go down that road. And you're speaking to men and women. To men and women. Uh-huh. But that said, there's obviously some marriages that need to be ended. Right. And if you get to that point, what do you do? Um, so what I did was, you know, I had to process the news. You know, I had to process this information and, um, you know, feel the sadness, feel the pain, feel the grief. Um, you know, let, the, let that emotional rawness come out. Um, How long did that take? For me, it, it, it definitely was three or four months of of real profound devastating devastated sad, sadness uh-huh the, the the devastation stuff was easily the first couple of weeks uh-huh you know um of of uh you know finding yourself just sitting in bed for long periods of time with no radio no television just thinking about the craziness of your situation you know i'm so bummed for you you tell um, me that and and uh um you know, but you got to feel those things. You, you got to shed the it. tears. You've got to grieve it. You know, um, and and then I think that you know you got to in that same time, maybe not initially when you're going through a lot of that immediate pain, but when it when you're going to pursue the divorce, uh, I recommend that some, you you know the first thing you got to do is go find a divorce attorney. Um, whether you're going to, I know it sounds funny to go from crying to attorney, but that's the businessman. You got a guy's card for me or what? The, 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 you know, the, the, the business executive is like, this is part of it. You need to know what the playing field is. What are your rights? Right. You know, um, uh, I'm not saying you use an attorney, you go litigate the shit out of it, but you need to know, cause we don't, we don't have practice for this. We don't have. The, most of us don't have the information in our back pocket. Right. What What happens next legally? A marriage is a legal contract. God, what do you have to do? You need somebody who does this kind of thing every day to take you through what page what that are means. you on? <laughs> You've got literally how many pages of notes? Can you please tell me? <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> I don't know. What you're blown it out of proportion. You are a very extremely impressive. But. Um, you, Get an attorney. You, you you need to go talk to an attorney, and you know from a legal perspective, it's a divorce is a negotiation, and you need to know what the playing field is to negotiate it. You know that's not to say you're looking to rip your spouse off. Well, it looks you like you be, did. Okay, you might want to be generous, <laughs> but but right. you need to understand the extent to which you're being generous, so you can explain to her, "I'm being generous here. You're entitled to this, right. but I'm going to give you that." Right. That's why we should be able to settle this thing amicably, right? Right. Uh, most of us don't know what those terms are. Right. So, um, 
if the whole point of this podcast is you're trying to get information for your own divorce, get an attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, what is the point of this fucking divorce? I mean, this. But uh, you're um, hilarious. Get you know, um, understand what the costs are. Understand what your risks are. Um, You know, get some. uh, A lawyer will give you options. You got to be practical. What your options are? You can go down this path or that path. Right. And um, you know, for me, we found. I found out. Look, um, you know, it. She's agreeable. I'm agreeable. We can. We can do this with a mediator. A mediator is somebody who will save you a fucking lot of money. Save you a lot of money. Keep you out of court, and essentially helps get you what you need to do when you get divorced is create an agreement. Your divorce agreement that says who gets what. Right. What's the legal term? What's the contract of this this separation? Right. People go to court because they can't agree on what that document should say. Oh, I see. Interesting. That's where they each get a lawyer, and it goes through a process of That's what it is. writing that shit up. Interesting. So if, you, if people could get a mediator... If you have a mediator, mm-hmm. that person will help you draw it up in a, in a way that you both... Basically, we wrote it, and we just had her you know, rewrite it in a, in a format that the court would take, and we both signed it, and that was that. You know? uh, but I needed an attorney... To recommend, tell me what my rights were, tell me what I was entitled to, what she was entitled to, and that way we could have that discussion. You can manipulate it. <laughs> and make sure, well, listen. Yeah. Right, right, I get it. You, you want to make sure you're both happy. I get and, it. And, and so on. <laughs> I get um, it. And, and so once you know, you can understand that. And you can buy someone out and all that shit? You can buy somebody out. Uh-huh. You know, can you agree on simple terms? You know, how close are you on the terms? Uh, you need to find out what your part, what your your spouse wants out of right. it, and, and 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 think about what you want out of it. You know, if there's kids involved, there's issues with that. Does this help? Does this practicality of dealing with the things that need to be de- dealt with, does that help you get over it? Because you're now like, fuck this person. Or no, whatever. no, it's painful too. Because it's painful. You're sitting there. Having to discuss right. splitting things that you both created. Oh man, I mean, how depressing! It's not nice. It's oh not. It's not. It's not a happy time. You yeah. know. I mean, we both sat in front of the mediator and were very upset. You know, um, and knowing that we kind of wanted it now at that point, but we didn't really want it. And, Are you, you know, fucking kidding me? Yeah, like it's you're you're grieving. You know, as you're doing it. Right. That's why. When I made that transition from talking about the sadness to the lawyer, it's kind of a real thing. Like it's happening at the same time. Wow. Um, and so you 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 kind of have to have the ability to gather yourself a little bit and deal with these other issues. Um, you know, if if you can't agree to terms, then this attorney that you went to consult to get some of your rights and so on, that's probably going to end up being your divorce attorney in court. You know, representing you to fight for what are your rights. You know, Jesus. Um, what, what are your things? Um, but, but again, if you can deal with it with a mediator, you know, uh, you, you, really, you really should because it will save you a lot of um, uh, trauma and money and um, heartache, you know. Uh, uh, of the but you thing. need that lawyer first to tell you. You need the lawyer first, <laughs> I, I think. Some other people may not tell you that, but... I think you need the lawyer first. But it sounds like to me, if you had to have the lawyer tell you, here's how you want to approach this, and the other person doesn't have a lawyer, uh, 
advising them, you probably have the upper hand if it came to that. Could be. Right. I mean, listen, the other way you do it is you, 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 know, you do online research. And a lot of people do that too. A 1-800-DIVORCE. Or 1-800-DIVORCE. But the thing is, uh, if you can afford it, you know, go find somebody that you're going to pay to give you good advice right. that's capable of doing it. Right. And you, you're not trying to become your own you know, uh, a nighttime lawyer at your computer screen. No, fuck that. You know, yeah, yeah, people yeah. do though. Pe- people think that they can do that. And, and you know, the problem is that you may miss something critical. Right. And ultimately, now, you know, neither of you end up, you or your ex, are not going to be happy with, with, with the results. Right. Um, <laughs> well, and, this took a turn. But yeah. this is, I'm really so glad that on page nine of your fucking document that we got that, to that. that we got to this yeah. because we haven't previously and this is the fucking reality of the it's situation. the reality of it and and the other thing or another reality of it is it takes time people don't realize you know if you storm out of the house the night you're told you want to divorce and you think I'm out of here it's done it's not done bro it's not just getting it's started gonna, it's just getting started wow it's 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 a long road and I've met women um, since my divorce you know I've dated women who are on like year three of their divorce process because um, they, can't, they can't agree on that document, you know? And um, in California, uh, the, the, it takes at least six months. A lot of people do. I didn't realize that, you know, I can't just go in and file and she file, we agree and we file and we're, we're, we're you know, divorced in, in, in 20 days. Right. The legalities. They want you to dictate. wait six months because uh-huh. they're hoping maybe you come to some, you know, agreement to not do it. Right. They want to give you time to think about it. That's baked in, you yeah. know. I'm not the only one giving you that advice. That's the, the courts here want you to have that time. Right. Um, it may take time to sell assets if you have a house that needs to be for sale. What a because you're going to have to split nightmare. the cost. Of, you're going to have to split the 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 the, the value of that house. Um, and and uh, you know, in California, the other thing is. Of course, that um, after ten years, everything is community property. Every asset that you have is community property. So I've had buddies fifty 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 fifty. So everything you own, everything she owns, that's an asset, will be combined, looked at by the court, and combined. And you know whatever the value is, you get half, she gets half. And then you got to figure but out you gotta what figure out how to, is that. Yeah. You got to figure out how to get to that. You know, you, which may mean selling a house. I would definitely want to just keep. Everybody out of it, but how what do you mean? Do you, like I don't need an attorney. If I was to get divorced, I'd be like, let's like because I'm like thinking economics and money. That's it. So I'm thinking work it out. But I would assume that that would be very very difficult to do with the emotions involved, and if there's kids involved, and if you think you're getting the short end of the stick, and that's where the att- attorneys make their fucking money. Yeah, because I mean, look, the money. Is, is hard enough for a lot of people to decide who gets what, you know, m- money and assets. Then you add kids. Forget about and, it. And people have really specific, you know, sometimes uh, you know, one of the other things I wanted to, to, to really um, take time to, to bring up here is um, it's really some, a time for you to, uh, when, you're, when you're going through this, um, to take stock of who you want to be, you know, as a person, what are your values? When do you take stock? What are you saying? At this point, when you're going through the exit of a relationship, uh-huh. you know, we always focus on trying to be the best version of ourselves when we get into a relationship. You know, when we're wooing somebody that we want to have fall in love with us, we're being the best version of ourselves. We're getting into the relationship showing our best side. 
you need to get out of the relationship showing your best side too. You know, that's that's the way I would recommend everybody For think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Here's that's what, what everybody you... <laughs> does, right? <laughs> right? Everybody shows the worst side of themselves. <laughs> and and uh, I think a lot of problems arise out of that in, in trying to end these things. When I hear about other people's divorces, these women that, you know, I, I meet who are going through horrible times, um, the spite that's really being exhibited by men is disgusting. And, and it, yeah. it's so unnecessary because you can be sad about the relationship ending and you can feel like, you know... It's still the mother of your child, dude. Yeah, you this know, is another like, person that you loved. Person, and, and, right, you know, right. and, and you have kids with her. You've you know, built families with. Right. And, and um, you know, you both have lives that need to get going. You right. know, you, you need to heal and move on. That's one thing. And these people will, for spite, drag this thing on and continue to, to try and punish this other person when you've both been through pain it sucked for both of you. Nightmare. Just, just be honest about that and know that neither of you got into this to do this to each other. Nightmare. Let's let's get out of it as soon as possible. Let's stay together. Let's not have possible. it, it happen in yeah, the first course, fucking place. Of course, of course. Like you know, I don't see how people can hurt other people. I don't want to hurt anybody, let alone the person I love. Like hurt. Yeah. The hurt, the hurt, the hurt. I don't yeah. get it. The, the things that you hear, and you'll hear them on this podcast, I'm sure, going forward. The the, the things that people do, the spiteful things people do to each other, um, it's it's sickening. And um, who wins? You don't get anything. From well, it. some people think that they're going to win something. You know, I I mean, if you're going to get divorced, try to do it in a kind and respectful way. Kind to yourself, kind to them, kind to your kids. Respectful for everybody. You have a choice. You're an adult. You can choose to do it in a fucked up way or you can choose to do it in a kind and respectful way. Make the better choice. And you're right? saying that is you're saying that in hindsight, but it's a in your it's a very difficult, difficult thing probably to do, but it's the right thing to fucking do. Be to the be better classy. version of yourself right. on the way out right. as you, as best you can. And and then, you know, uh whatever you learn from it then Try and use that to, to find a happier, better next relationship. Don't give up. Don't throw the talent. Um, you know, keep trying. And and um, my guess is that we'll all end up, you know, having, having, <laughs> having a better a better relationship in our next life because we're going to die alone. Yeah. <laughs> no. We can't close on that. <laughs> no. You, you put it there, though. You put it there. Yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying, that the lessons are there for you to benefit from later. So that's really what Yes, and, and it's so interesting to me what I said at some point during this two-and-a-half-hour podcast that I will edit. There is a woman out there that would just listen to you break shit down, probably agree with you politically, respect you for how you love women, how you respect women, respected how you've come out of that, probably maybe she is on the same thing, and is the right woman for you. And that will last. And my contention is not only speaking of you now, of everybody, I think a lot of people do not get in marriages with the right fucking person. Listen, you, I mean, It's hard that, to find that fucking person, though. It's You've got to have, obviously, chemistry with somebody, too. I mean, there's so many... Right. pieces of this 
and I appreciate you giving me the extra time here to indulge, you know, to help all, all my bullshit people. to try and help people yeah. think about divorce in maybe a little bit different way because I get it. I've been there and, and, uh, you know, I understand it, it, it's tough. It hurts. And, you know, ultimately there's a way through it Cool. and everybody can, uh, can, can do it in a way that I think for, will work for themselves. Uh, but, but, um, well, well, you know, it's important that you're doing this podcast so that you get more perspectives out there. Um, and, and, and hopefully we, you know, we're building forward in a world where people will do divorce a little bit better, screw up fewer kids, screw up fewer families and, um, you know, and, and move on to, you know, better relationships so that, you know, uh, marriage and, and, and life together is so important when you think of the fabric of, of the country and, and of society where it, it impacts everything from education of the family and the kids, you know, to, to the way that you live in your community. Thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Love you, Stevens. This has been different than any of the other fucking dudes I've had on. And a genius fucking podcast. And this will truly... And no weed. We had no weed no the whole weed. time. So no congrats weed. to you. I'm, no, and, I'm three and... in a row. I'm, I'm yeah. three in a row. So thank you very much. Love you, brother. Positive things are happening for everybody and rock and roll. Any final, final thoughts? Let's go out and have a good 2018. Thanks, brother.